When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So this is a video I've been wanting to make for a while now. I want to do a head-to-head -head comparison of precious metals versus cash. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because, you know, a lot of people get into precious metals as some sort of an investment, as a speculative investment. I'm not saying that that's not a reason that you should buy into them. In fact, I I, I personally think that they have a good chance that the, that the bull case for precious metals is very strong for both silver and gold. That's not really the scope of this video today. Instead, I'm going to be simply talking about the merits of silver and gold versus saving your money elsewhere, whether that's physical cash, a savings account, high yield savings, certificates of deposit, etc. Um, and, and why silver and gold over the last uh, 18 years, over the last 28 years, have kind of outperformed that. Now, there's pros and cons to both, and I'll be going with those in this video today. But, but the point that I want to make in this video is that you don't have to be a big believer in silver and gold going to the moon to realize they make a lot of sense for just uh, saving money. Um, and in fact, you know, me personally, I use silver as, as a sort of a savings account, uh, not only because of the reasons listed in this video, but because I know that that silver in my physical possession is going to be something I'm less likely to spend I guess, in the future, because as liquid as it is, it's not as liquid as a $20 bill in my wallet or, or $20 uh, in my bank account. That's, that's very easy for me to spend. And so there's a level of, I guess, uh, a difficulty of having to convert it fee up before I can spend it. Uh, plus, there's the fact that I just like having the metal, physical metal in the first place. So that makes me less likely to spend it as well. Um, so I want to go over this as really from the point of view of precious metals versus cash as, as a form of savings. So starting off with silver and gold, um, as I said before, they can be used as an investment. There's or seen as an investment as well. I mean, there's people out there that say absolutely they aren't because they don't have a yield, because they don't have a dividend. And I get it. They don't. They're right. But I mean, it's no different than than if you bought, I don't know, a, a, a baseball card, right? Expecting it to increase in value. You could see that as an investment. Now, does that mean it should be its primary role? I'll let you decide that for yourself. You know, I should say before I get any further in this video that None of this should be taken as, as investment advice, as official financial advice, simply my own thoughts on, on this matter. But um, certainly you can decide if it's part of, of, of your own portfolio or investment strategy or if it's going to be a, a hedge, as I say right here, a hedge or a safe haven asset or even savings as, as some sort of a savings, physical savings account in your own possession. Um, it, you know, as, as we'll kind of go over in this video today, it really excels in long term store of value. But it does suffer from short-term volatility relative to fiat. A great example would be something like silver. You know, in 2011, silver was, you know, at its peak, it ran up to, you know, the high 40s, right around close to $50. And yet today, it's in the $15 range, right? That's a pretty poor performance since 2011. And yet, when you look over the longer uh, scale of things, um, it, the performance is pretty evident versus uh, inflation versus cash. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, maybe being smart about when to buy and when not to buy. 
Um, and, and certainly right now, relative to where it's been in the past, the past 10 years, certainly, uh, silver would appear cheap. But again, don't take any of this as, as investment advice, simply just some more information for you guys to, to consume. Uh, can be used as a short to medium term hedge for investors as, as a safe haven asset. Um, now, you could use cash as well. So, for instance, uh, if, if you have a Robinhood account or you have some other portfolio, then you think stocks are going down, then, yeah, absolutely, cash can work. And, and certainly over a three-month, six-month period, you're unlikely to experience a ton of inflation on that cash. But silver and gold very well might go up when other markets go down significantly for the reason that I just described, because it's a safe haven asset, something people move into uh, as sort of a fear asset, whether it's, it's geopolitical reasons or economic reasons, market liquidity reasons, et cetera. Um, also can be used as, quote-unquote, you know, dry powder. Uh, this is something investors often uh, use cash for. Um, they, they keep a large amount of cash, especially when, when uh, maybe on the way down for markets or, or whatever, uh, and in hopes of having some dry powder, some cash on hand to buy up cheap assets. Well, silver and gold can fill that role as well. It's just that, as I said before, they're going to suffer maybe a little bit more volatility over the short term. As I said, no yield, no dividend on silver and gold. That's one of the downsides to them. I did put an asterisk there, though, because there are ways, you know, in theory to gain some sort of a yield on them. You can lend out metals and, and you can gain an interest rate in them. I think it's uh, Keith Wiener from, uh, uh, what is it, Money Metals Exchange or something like that. Or, or, or I'd have to check the exact name of, uh, but but he talks about that, I think, uh, and, and the role silver and gold can play as as interest yielding investments, which which would be kind of a game changer. But you know, one of the one of the pros to just physical silver and gold in your own possession is that there's no counterparty risk. There's no parties involved, period. So, I mean, there is that advantage. Um, there's a fair amount of liquidity with silver and gold. There's there's ways you can buy them and sell them uh, in, in the current environment. Um, no. Will that always be true? No. But uh, there are ways to, to uh, offload them. It's just a matter of how much at once and how quickly. So I want to start off with silver and give you kind of a, an idea of how it's performed. Now, I, I chose two numbers. This chart goes back to, you know, just a little bit before 2000, as you can see. And, and it's from TradingView. Um, I gave you two different numbers here because a lot of times people kind of cherry pick that 2000 number. The truth of the matter is that in the early 2000s, silver and gold both were at very low levels, even compared to, to the 90s. You know, they hadn't moved a whole lot since the 90s. And so when you look at how much they've gained since then, uh, it makes them look like they've done maybe a little bit better than they have historically. So I chose two numbers here, 193% growth since 2000, silver has seen, uh, 2000, or sorry, 200% growth since 1990. So not a whole lot of change for like an entire decade there. You guys got, I, I wanna be open about this and not just cherry pick numbers. Um, with that being said, we'll, we'll see how that compares to to just flight, you know, plain cash or, or, or even, uh, accounts that have a yield on them. But um, as you can see, a fairly volatile, uh, large spike in 2011. Um, been subdued since then, especially relative to gold, which we'll see here in a second. That gold to silver ratio is very high right now. As you can see, it's lost about a third of its, uh, you know, two thirds. It's about a third of where it was at the peak there. Moving on to gold, a little bit of a different story. Uh, greater growth, partly because it hasn't moved down quite as much since that, that big move up 2011, 2012, 347% growth since 2000, 358% growth since 1990. So again, about a last decade there for, for metals. And, and you could say that, you know, this last decade, it's been a bit of a last decade too. I mean, 2009 
what, like right around here to where it is now. Not a huge amount of move there, but over the longer term, it's a different story. Uh, it didn't drop as far following this, this move up. Again, talking about the gold to silver ratio, gold has outperformed silver since then. But, you know, you could also say that it didn't rise as much. I think silver in in 2000, late 2008, early 2009, I think moved down to like 8 or $9 range before moving up to around uh, just shy of 50. Whereas gold, as you can see, maybe moved down to what, around 700 um, before moving up to, to uh, 1800. So not quite as large of a rise. Um, and that's kind of the theme for silver and gold is that silver is a smaller market, tends to be a little bit more volatile, uh, whereas gold is a little bit more steady. Moving on to, to the fiat assets, though, cash, because this is a comparison, silver and gold versus cash. Start off with physical cash. I'm talking physical cash in your possession. Uh, it's it's pretty liquid across the world. You know, some might talk about that, that especially U.S. dollars. Now, you got to understand, you, you do have to make this relative to your own cash, your own currency. Uh, Australian dollar, Canadian dollar, the pound, et cetera. Now, it's going to be a similar story in terms of inflation. Some maybe have seen more inflation than others. Um, same thing goes for interest rates that I'll be talking about here. It's a similar story, but but there are some differences. But, you know, cash is liquid. U.S. dollar, at least, is liquid across the world. I can't necessarily say that for your own native currency. In fact, I likely can't unless it is the U.S. dollar. Now, something like the euro, obviously, that is, is pretty liquid ac across most of Europe but may not be across the world. Now, US dollar, you know, $20 bill in, in Los Angeles and New York City might be worth the same as a $20 bill in Nairobi, Kenya, or, or, or um, Cairo, or Moscow. You know, um, now they're, they're, people might be less likely to accept it in those places, but, but it is a well-known asset around the world as in terms of fiat currencies, the dollar is and has been king for quite some time now. Um, one, a couple of the pros of physical cash in your own possession is that it's immune to, to things like bailouts, which is, which is basically when a bank is insolvent and, and kind of draws upon their depositors accounts in order to, to stay somewhat solvent or, or all a banking collapse, a financial crisis where banks just, you know, run on the banks, whatever it is, it's immune to that. You hold it in your own possession. Um, however, it is prone to things like theft or damage, uh, house fire or something like that. Depends on how you store it and where you store it and whatnot. But uh, the other thing, which is kind of unfortunate, but it can raise suspicion. So for example, if you have uh, a large amount of cash in your house and for whatever reason, and these things happen, um, police raid your house and then they find you know $50,000 in cash in a safe or something. That can raise suspicion. Shouldn't say that it should. I think people should be allowed to just have 50,000, a million dollars cash in their house, whatever. I mean. But that's the world we live in today. Not saying that they'll prosecute you on it, but it's going to raise suspicion, and, and you just never know what you're going to get there, uh, depending on what you know authorities you're dealing with. Does suffer from inflation quite a bit uh, relative to interest yielding cash and cash equivalents. So to put this in perspective, official cumulative inflation since 2000 about 46.4 percent. Since 1990, 92.8 percent. So 100% inflation would be what like basically. A uh, ten dollars is now worth five dollars, right? It's it's lost half of its value, and so that's quite a bit of inflation. Um, what we're talking two to three percent on general each year. Now that's official inflation numbers. We'll talk about this a little bit later in this video, but um, there are some pros to it over the short term. Long term, you got to realize 
that you're just going to take that hit. And if that's, you know, if that's your thing, you want a thousand dollars of cash on hand uh, and you might hold on to it for the next five, 10 years, then you got to understand you're going to lose some money on that. But there are some real pros to physical cash. There is, um, especially if, you know, for whatever reason, you were unable to get money for out of the banks. Moved on to a savings account. Uh, there, there are some pros to it. I mean, it is secured at a bank, meaning that it's not prone to something like theft or damage, uh, or at least what you'd think of as traditional theft or damage. Of course, there's potential that a bank steals it from you. And of course, there's the damage that that inflation does to to uh, to fiat currency. Uh, but it is prone to something like a bail-in, which I mentioned earlier, a banking collapse along, along, along those lines. Savings account these days yield a pretty low interest rate, as you can see here, 0.1 to 0.3%. Historically, that's pretty low. Um, there are other options these days, uh, something like Robinhood. I think it has its own savings account. I don't, I don't, I've used Robinhood in the past, but I don't have any money in it right now. That's just why I bring it up. But something like Ally, they have higher yields. Uh, there's money market options which can offer a higher yield, uh, two to three percent. Again, you're keeping pace with inflation at that, but that's certainly much, much better than in savings account. Now, question is like, well, how safe is that? Uh, because banks, you know, you, you got to wonder how safe that money is, especially something like a money market or something like that. Because, uh, yeah, I wish I could tell you that even with just a plain savings account, that, that that's just sitting there. Um, it's it's much much more complicated than that when when it comes to today's banking system. None of it is safe, right? Um, with with fractional reserve banking, but with a high yield money market, I don't know. I just wonder if if in a in a serious financial situation, financial crisis or something, how safe that's going to be relative to traditional savings account. But I could be wrong. They could both be have an equal amount of safety. I mean, a lot of them are FDIC insured, but uh, again, how 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 solvent is the FDIC in a major, major uh, financial crisis that's allowed to, to run its course. Um, let's see, long-term official numbers. Now official, I put that uh, 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 asterisk there because that's official, you know, government statistics can't always be trusted. It's the truth of the matter. There's a lot of incentive to, to understate inflation. So that's why I put that there. Um, as I said, savings accounts today, the rates are pretty low relative to the last 30 years, maybe a slightly higher than a few years ago when we had 0% interest rates here in the United States. Now, around the world, that might not be the case. Like in, in a lot of Europe, you know, interest rates, the, the central bank interest rate is still very low. Uh, it is here in the United States, but it's higher than where it was a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I And I tend to doubt that that interest rates will return to that normal, uh, the old normal of of whether we're talking about Fed funds rate or whatever, um, without, you know, some situation where we have a large amount of inflation and the Fed acts on that by raising their own Fed funds rate. But again, if, you know, great, if savings account are yielding one or 2% or something like that, great. But who cares if inflation is five, six, you know, 10%, right? So moving on, uh, CDs or certificates of deposit. Now I put this, obviously they're not CDs like this. I just want to put that there just to be funny or something. But anyways, uh, potential for higher yield than some savings account. Basically how these work is you deposit it in the bank and it basically has to stay there for, for the length of, of the CD. Um, oftentimes there are ways to withdraw. So I put here, cannot be withdrawn for length of maturity without paying penalty. Now, whether that is you lose out on any interest rate gains over that time, you might have to pay an additional penalty. I don't know all the rules for every organization out there. I did put an asterisk there because I think, I, I, if I recall, I have seen one product recently, and it was for very high 
amounts of, of money relative to, to smaller CDs where you could place it in there and, and get something like a one, 2%. You know, it, it, it functions similar to like a high yield savings account where you could take it out whenever you want. And let's say you had it for like five years or something like that, but you want to take it out at six months or something, you could still keep that interest rate, that you, interest that you've earned over those six months. But um, I don't know if that's norm. Anyways, six to six month options, higher ones, the longer it is, the higher rate you get. Uh, six month rates below 1%, which is pretty lousy compared to inflation. I guess better than a savings account though. 60 month rates, uh, which are you know closer to 2.5, maybe over 3% for some. I, I guess I haven't searched everyone out there where they're at today. Um, of course, they're prone to major swings in inflation. So if you put it in for 60 months, uh, you know what is inflation gonna be five years from now? It could be lower than where it is today. It might have averaged four or five percent over that time period, or higher, and then you've really, really uh, fallen behind the overall inflation rate. I think I also put on here maybe helpful for those that struggle to save because you're, you're kind of just stocking away and you can't touch it. Technically, you can, but you're going to pay a penalty on it. So uh, that may be one of the more uh, other pros to to something like CDs. Just some additional thoughts here. So even on the higher end of, of interest rates uh, cash and cash equivalents are you know just barely keeping pace with inflation that hasn't always been the case i mean interest rates have come down significantly since where they were in the 80s since where they were in the 90s even the 2000s um and, and as i said before that, that just might be the norm going forward unless we enter into a high inflation environment um just because that's you know that's where our economy can can barely you know that's what they can handle uh my my, my long-time viewers know what i'm talking about here that over time, the Fed funds rate seems to be going lower and lower uh, in that the economy, as we have more and more debt at the national, at the consumer, at the corporate level, unsurprisingly can't handle as high uh, interest rates as it could in the past. Um, cash, again, some pros to it. I mean, it can be helpful to get out of a bind. I'm sure many of you guys would much rather use some cash on hand rather than sell something like precious metals, though precious metals can fill that role as well. Uh, it also has a place in investors' portfolios, especially more active traders, whether that's holding on to cash that you can buy assets once they fall into a price range where you think that they're undervalued or, or likely to go up from where wherever they are. Um, also, uh, you can move into cash to remove your exposure to to other assets, to to other markets that you may invest in or may, you know, for instance, if you think the stock market's going to go down significantly, you can get out of stocks or a lot of your your assets move out of stocks and put into cash and you avoid uh, major swings in, in that um, asset class then. Uh, long story, uh, the, uh, both silver and gold have, uh, long term I should say, both silver and gold have outpaced inflation since 2000 and 1990, but they have struggled since 2011, 2012, their big run up. Now, I mean, I tend to think that that's gonna change you know, in the next five, 10 years, perhaps even sooner. Uh, but, you know, I, I do want to, to offer a balanced viewpoint and, and not just cherry pick numbers because uh, the, the, the bear market since, since uh, 2011, 2012 for silver and gold is very real. And for, for people that have owned it during that time period or people that are getting into it now, it's definitely at the front of their minds in terms of you know, where is it going to head in the future. Some more thoughts here. Long term risks for cash in a bank include higher inflation, bail in and banking crisis. So there are some long-term risks there uh, besides just you know inflation uh, kind of eating away at that value. Long-term risk for physical gold and silver include theft, obviously, if you're storing it in your own possession, or you know if it's in a vault, if it's in a bank or whatever, 
there's there's potential for theft there, confiscation, whatever it is. Uh, potential for long-term trend to not hold up if it basically outpacing inflation. And you know, there's the risk that you might become addicted to silver and gold YouTube channels such as my own and spend an inordinate amount of time watching and listening to them. So that's another risk out there, but maybe some of my viewers think that that's kind of one of the benefits. Uh, lack of liquidity for silver and gold. Basically, you know, how quickly can you convert, let's say 10 ounces of gold or a thousand ounces of silver into cash today, right now, um, at a good price? It's not always an easy thing to do. Now, there, there are options. There's local coin shops, which are a great option. You can sell online through things like Facebook, through eBay, through various other means, and you can sell to back to a lot of dealers out there online. Very viable options. But it's not as easy as cash in, in your bank account, cash in your hand, not as liquid. Um, and, you know, there's no uh, certainty exactly as to where it's going to be in the future if there's going to be a lack of liquidity in silver and gold in terms of trying to sell it at a good price. Um, you know, another thought for silver and gold is a bull case. This is not something I'm really covering in this video. You guys know I'm bullish on precious metals. You know that I think of them as somewhat of an investment, even if that's not the primary reason I own them. Um, and that's something that has to be mentioned here, that, that if silver and gold are low today and they're going to triple in value over the next five years or whatever it's going to be, and that's another reason. I mean, that's not something that you're going to have with cash. But again, there's always the downside potential as well. But you guys have seen those charts. And, and you know, silver and gold, I tend to think of being around a bottom. If they, if they haven't already bottomed, you know, I don't see of them, bot, you know, silver bottoming at $10 or gold bottoming at 1000 or 800 uh, That's my own take on it. You know, again, don't take it in as financial advice. Uh, but there's the bull case for silver and gold. And that has to be mentioned because that's a lot of what a lot of silver and gold investors and owners focus on or at least uh, pay a large amount of attention to. Now talking about silver versus gold, this is a big topic to cover. And this is more or less just for those of you that maybe are watching this for the first time, getting into silver and gold or still on the fence about silver and gold in the first place or which one to get into. Uh, as I say here at the bottom, gather more information before making a decision, whether it's from me or from various other YouTubers and other people on the internet, etc. This is a big topic that I will not be covering the scope of in this video. But as you know, as we've talked about, both have been proven to you know versus cash and can be used as a savings. Um, very well can can outpace inflation over the long term. Um, silver, as we saw, can be much more volatile. Larger moves up, larger moves down. Gold connect a little bit more steady. There's a gold to silver ratio that we also have to consider right now. It's you know upwards of 80 to one. Um, in the past, it's, it's it's been you know around that level, but but uh, it's also been much much lower. And so it's something to keep in mind as well. Um, but again, there's so much more information, so many other videos and and articles out there on the internet that focus solely on this. So I'd encourage you to to look at those if you're still. Uh, trying to make a decision. Otherwise, you know, if you just want more information about silver and gold in general, you can comment on this video or you can email me. Um, and, and my email address is usually my about page over on YouTube. Uh, some final thoughts here. Silver and gold, they work well over the long term and also offer the speculative upside that I was talking about, the bull case for silver and gold. Fiat may work better for short term, whether we're talking about traders or uh, uh, somebody that is looking to save for something over a six month, one year, even a three year time span, you don't have to deal with the premiums, less volatility in the price. Um, but of course, you know, over the long term, you're going to deal with large amounts of inflation 
and some other additional risks. Uh, of course, as I said before, take none of this as official investment or financial advice, but do consider the information presented, whether you're already into silver and gold or you're on the fence about it, somebody sent you this, somebody shared it with you, consider this information. Um, you know, I wonder what, what the, the financial landscape would look like if, if more investors chose to save in silver and gold over the long term. Um, if you are already into silver and gold, please share this video. This is, this is an important video that I think um, a lot of people need to see uh, because it's, it's, it very easily can put this in perspective of silver and gold versus cash and other cash equivalents, uh, look a little bit more uh, deeper into the subject and, and help people realize that silver and gold, uh, even if they've never owned it, can play a role in, in their future finances. Um, and it also, you know, can can offer, uh, be, be part of a bridge into also understanding maybe the bull case for precious metals. Not that that's the only reason to get into metals, but um, the bull case, if nothing else, can be a bull case versus other assets, whether it's fiat or stocks or something, which I tend to all think are, are overvalued right now. Even if silver and gold just held steady, uh, that, that could be much better than other assets out there. Understand that some buy precious metals, as I've been talking about, as a speculative investment. Others use it as a, to save, to hedge, a safe haven asset. Some can use it for both. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, also, we've mostly talked about bullion in this video or just straight prices, right? Um, but things like semi-numismatics and numismatics, which are, for those of you that maybe are, that term is new to you, basically coins, bars that have additional premiums, uh, some sort of collector value. Now, semi-numismatics maybe not have as much of a collector value. They derive a lot of the value from both the bullion value as you know the, the, the weight of the metal, plus some sort of, of rarity or, or other premium. Um, but they do offer additional opportunities over the long term as well. So if silver and gold don't have a huge run up, well, you know, if you buy the right coins, the right bars, you very well may make a fair amount along, you know, uh, along the way, in addition to, you know, whatever value they're going to keep to, to kind of keep pace with inflation. So, uh, I know this is a bit of a longer video, 25 minutes, but I did cover a lot of ground. If I missed anything, let me know down below in the comment section. If you enjoyed this video, if you have additional questions, if you want to talk more about silver and gold, comment below, shoot me an email, whatever it is. Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video. Listen to this podcast wherever you are over in podcast world. And God bless.